everyone. Welcome to I Hope I Can Make It Through, a Degrassi viewing podcast. I am your loyal veteran, Donnie. I'm the uh, music-out neophyte. That one wasn't very good. (laughs) Try it again. No, they're not all winners. They they can't all be winners. I'll just keep going. (laughs) We'll just face facts. (laughs) Accept our faults and move on. (laughs) Yeah. We have a very special guest here today. This person is someone who is very passionate about the written word and has edited a fair amount of my fan fiction at this point. Um, They also have other really cool credentials like being a PhD student um, and being engaged to me. So one of our very special guests we have here is Gwyn. Yay! You flatter me. (laughs) So Gwyn, um, now that we've gotten all the personal pleasantries out of the way, What's your relationship with Degrassi? Um, so my relationship with Degrassi is mostly my relationship with you. Uh, meaning, I have not watched mostly any of it except for when when I uh, passively watch it, um, when you are watching it. I did, okay, I did watch, I have no idea what season this is, but the latest one that, like, they're all millennials and... And all I know is that, that that one girl is my favorite, and I don't remember her name. Lola? Is yes. that right? Anyway, yes. I love Lola. Lola. my daughter. Um, that's about all I got. Frank has, <laughs> like, there are light years until Frank meets Lola, unfortunately. God, spoilers. <laughs> Sorry. There's a girl named Lola. It's a major spoiler. <laughs> I know a person named Lola exists. <laughs> Somewhere in the Degrassi universe. Um, <laughs> I don't know literally how many years it'll take me to meet Lola, but... I know, right? We're going to be on this spot. Please not like... on the show. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, gosh. Could but... you imagine that many episodes? Yes, I can. Actually, okay, okay, that makes then... the most all sense right. to me. We're trying to get through all of this. It's I hope I can make it through. Let's hope we can make it through. Anyway, um, we are still so far away from that because we are at season one, episode 13, which is called Cabaret. Um, So around these parts, we like to do a really brief introduction of our A-plot and B-plot. And for those of you who are not familiar with this concept, A-plot being your main plot, B-plot being your subplot. Um, So, Gwyn, would you like to try and do this? Uh, Yes, keyword try. Okay, so um, the A-plot for this episode, which is titled Cabaret, is is about um, three girls. Their names, if I get them right, are Ash, Paige, and Terry. Um going through the kind of trials and errors of uh, putting together a band for a some sort of school function. I honestly don't know what it was. It's fine. <laughs> but, but so it starts off with, with Terry and Ash, um, and, and they're performing in a band that they're calling Two Girls and a Piano, I think. Um, but then Paige tries to insert herself into this, into this uh, production, and it becomes a whole big thing. The, the B-plot um, that is happening alongside of this is, is I, I, okay, so I'm pretty bad with names. It's, it's, a, it's a miracle that I got those three names correct, did I? Yeah. Okay, yes. thank you for that validation. Um, the B-plot is scrawny-looking girl, blonde. Oh. I, I think she's the main character you said. She's, okay, she's scrawny-looking. I'm sorry. Oh, Emma. <laughs> Emma. <laughs> Emma. She, she and, and her friend... Um, are trying to put together this interpretive dance for, for the same for the same school function, and and Toby, um, I don't know why he's getting into this. He probably likes one of the girls. Uh, he he's going along with this in in this interpretive dance, even though it's not masculine, and his friend is making fun of him for it. That's kind of the plot, I guess. 
Did I do okay? Yeah, I think that's okay. fine. We have no grading system with that stuff. Like, <laughs> well, she did. If we did, um, I, I would give it a solid B plus. Okay. I think your B plot needs more detail based on the rubric that I have just made up in my head. However, I will still give give. I wanted, marks. I wanted to leave some like mystery for your further episode. Yeah, I guess so. I can't just talk. It's fair enough. Just me. It's almost like this you're on the podcast. This is not my show, guys. Okay. This is not my beautiful podcast. <laughs> These are not my beautiful mics. Um, but I congratulate you on naming just so many people, like, I right did. up the gate. <laughs> like, Usually it takes people, like, halfway through the episode, and then it's, like, slowly the web makes sense. So I, got, I got Ash, I got Paige, and I got Scarlet Girl. I was doing pretty well. <laughs> the, thing, the thing about you, though, and I don't know, and, like, obviously I love all of our guests. Um, you're also the one that has the most Degrassi back no- background knowledge. Oh, really? That... Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, for whatever reason, people that I know that love Degrassi are not falling over themselves to appear on this. Um, Laura Collins has still not returned any of my tweets. Please, Laura Collins. <laughs> Come on our show and and um, we'll help advertise Impulse. Yeah. No, we're all about... we. This is the actress that plays Paige. <laughs> we're going to revive her career together. <laughs> it's going to be a unit. Just like on Teen Girl Talk, we're trying to uh, revive the career of Erica Christensen, oh. <laughs> Madison Pell, <laughs> patron saint of Teen Girl Talk, Madison Pell. Yes, yes. But um, so I guess let's just finally get into. It's weird because like I actually quite enjoyed this episode in many ways. I don't know why I'm apprehensive to go into this, but let's let's just do it. Um, so you have our a plot, which is, I feel like this plot was like quintessentially teenage girl, and I liked it because of it. It felt very much like this is shenanigans that girls get into, and maybe it's because I was, at the time, identifying as a girl who was trying to form a band. So it like hit a lot of emotional. Wait, wait, you tried to form a band? Did you not know about you this? You didn't. You never told me about. Oh, this. for a hot second, I was in a band. <laughs> they were called a Vacant Sanctuary, aka AVS, because as an AF5 fan, all your bands need acronyms. Yes, of course. Um and um yeah no it was just a bunch of my friends um we weren't. Like, I mean, as a high school band, your mileage may vary. We weren't horrible, and I say that because, like, one of us was actually, like, a, has had, like, vocal training and stuff. And, like, we we weren't terrible, but really the problem was, was there was, like, five girls in the band, and trying to find time that worked for everyone's practice was a nightmare. Mm. But, like, we, we were all, like, just band kids who also just liked pop punk. Okay, but the important question here is, what did you play? Oh, I was the lead vocalist. Hello. Oh. I also was the lyricist. Yeah, that, that tracks. I wrote, like, three songs. Oh. Are you going to show them to me sometime? Uh, I need to find those <laughs> lyrics. But when I do... <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. But, like, I really appreciate it because as somebody who has had, like, those weird squabble... Not really weird squabbles, but, like, those squabbles <clears throat> of creative difference between girls and, like, trying to figure it out. And the fact that the... And we'll get more to the ending, but, like, you know, at the end of the day, you are still friends. Like, there's a lot of that experience that I actually really appreciated seeing happen in the episode. Um, but that's also going far, far, far ahead. The most important thing is the opening of this episode, which is that, um, you have Terry looking up the, like, just looking up, like, tarot reading spreads. It's for a school project, excuse you. Excuse me. 
excuse me. Um, and it's like, oh, jeez. I, ha- I have it written down. Do you want me to you. just recite it? Please. Okay, so imagine, when does this take place? Give me a, t- a reference. 90s? Uh, 2002. 2002, okay. So so early, early, early aughts, right? Early, early aughts. aughts. Um, early aughts website design. Um, you can picture that. And, and the title of the webpage is Madame Caroline's Amazing Mystic Oracles! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Very important. <clears throat> uh, you see a picture of a Ouija board, and, and, and described also in this is a very important detail to me, was the tarot card um, description, which is gut feelings, spirit worlds, the fourth dimension, seeing beyond. It was really good. <laughs> with with ellipses in between each of those phrases, of course. This also furthers my very, very silly theory that obviously like tarot and astrology and all that type of stuff has been commandeered by the LGBTQ community, meaning anybody who actually <clears throat> has any interest in it in Degrassi is a member of the LGBTQ community. It's just how it works. Yeah, which means Sean's in the community. Oscar, the character that was apparently supposed to be the first gay character of Degrassi, is in the community. And now Terry is welcome to the board of the LGBTQ community. I'm very glad. (laughs) Hooray! (laughs) Anyway, um, so, like, as she's looking at this website, Ashley is is, uh, performing a song, or rather practicing a song on her piano. Um... Which, I will say, for a middle schooler, like, she has a pretty strong voice. Yeah, I mean, um... Frank's not, Frank's not buying it. No! Like, <laughs> my, you, can, you can do better, Frank? Oh, hell no. But, <laughs> but no, like, my thing is just, like, when I, whenever I listen to music, I don't generally go in for the very refined voices. Mm-hmm. You know, like... Well, of course not, dude. You got a bikini kill sticker on your laptop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, bikini killed some back. Um, I don't know, because it's just like, it. it in, in like a lot of media, you see people with these voices. And you, I've like, I know the reason is because the actors and actresses are just, they're trained to do this. But it's just like, that's not really how like bands I listen to do it, where it's just like, hey, can you kind of carry a tune? Yeah, all right, you're in. I will counter argue this. So like in the opening, in the Degrassi opening, we see Terry and Ashley, and they're both in, like, a school choir. So I would argue that, actually, Ashley's voice is totally in character. If you look at it from the lens that this is probably a girl who has been in school choir for a while, and if she does have any investment in becoming a good singer, it, it is in that very technical sense of being good. It's not in the being spirited or, you know, maybe you're just a good lyricist and a good front person, so you, you're the lead of the band. I think it's very consistent with, like, what you would expect a girl like Ashley, who is trying to be that perfect type of archetype, to sing with. Oh, no, I'm, I agree with you on all that. I'm just saying I don't prefer that voice. Oh, no, that's fair. Yeah, like... Yeah, like you said, I prefer the bikini kill voice. Where it's just like, let's just make a lot of noise, like woo. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> my, my very vocalist, I think, at that age was like, oh no, like when I was in my late teens, was like Karen O. My favorite vocalist was Davy Havoc. <laughs> I had no judgment here. <laughs> I'm glad. I appreciate it. Who's your favorite vocalist at that age? That age? I don't know. Middle school? You could go high school. 
high school. Um, oh, putting me on the spot. <laughs> you can edit out your think time. That's true. Just leave that in there and like have them imagine how long I'm taking. I'll just lengthen it. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be like when, when Travis had to call like a plumber or whatever on the adventure zone. <laughs> and they're just talking to each other. Favorite singer from high school. What, did, what bands did I even listen to in high school? That was a weird time. I think you were listening to metal. I mean, I was at one point. I didn't like any of singing. I was just trying to fit in. Oh. Yes, <laughs> you know, high school. Mm-hmm. Um, nah, probably, honestly, probably Beck. Um, just because, I mean, it's on my mind from the laptop sticker here, but I did listen to a lot of Beck, and I didn't tell anybody about it because I was, like, in the, the cool punk middle scene and, like, whatever. Beck was none of that, but I grew up <laughs> listening to him, and he's got a good voice. Yeah. My Interesting fa- voice, too. My favorite Beck story is that somebody came up to him and she's like, yo, where'd you get that awesome stamp of where it's at? He's like, I just wrote it. Oh. <laughs> and, like, there was also a, he was supposed to collaborate with Puff Daddy at one point, and they brought him in on a session, and he started rapping about the stuff Beck raps about, and they were immediately, like, he's like, I'm just watching the heads nod, and then I start rapping, and then the next just kind of stop. And then I kind of made my exit after that. <laughs> oh, he knows his place. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's why I felt a special kinship with Beck. I was like, yep, we're both weird. It's cool. <laughs> but, um, so back to the plot. Um, so Ashley's singing this song, <clears throat> and I do want to draw attention to the shirt that Terry is wearing during this scene, because I had a, I could not get a good enough image of what was going on, but it was definitely the Pink Panther holding hands with what looked like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. We, we just don't know. We don't know? <laughs> and I don't want to know. But please let your, 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 your wild fantasies um, run wild with that image. I mean, it would make sense. They're both Hanna-Barbera cartoons, right? Yeah. That's why, that's why my, my little peanut brain, which is so, it's like, Don, Donnie, why do you know those are both from the same intellectual property? The theme parks. <laughs> Hanna-Barbera worlds in theme parks. All right, our two most popular characters are Shaggy and Pink Panther. What we're gonna do? We gotta sell some shirts. Put them on a shirt holding hands. <laughs> They'll sound like they'll sell like gangbusters. Sorry, he goes to like Cedar Point and is like, well, I guess this is good enough. <laughs> Fine. Or maybe, or maybe that's Terry's OTP and she just made it herself. Oh, I hope so. It looks like it was embroidered. I hope she went to like a mall, like a like one of the malls, like one of the stands, and she's like, this is what I want. Please make this for me. Applique me, my ship. Move the first scene. <laughs> no, I'm all right. Um, our, anyway. our run times expanded from like an hour to an hour and a half. Yeah, we used to be really efficient, but now we're just shit posting every two seconds. Um, so anyway, they're talking about getting ready for this, and I think it's just called the cabaret. Like, I think that's just the name of this whole entire event. They're talking about like doing this song, but the whole problem is that a- Ashley, Ashley, and like. I want, like, in one hand, she is doing in many ways what I think a lot of people would say, oh, Ashley's being a control freak, but she's writing the lyrics and she's writing the music. Like, Terry is just there to kind of bleat into the mic every so 
often. Well, to be fair, I I mean, this is, again, coming from my one-episode perspective on this season and not knowing any of these characters, but it seems to me that... that okay, names? Shit. Uh, you know these... Terry, Terry. Okay, so Terry wants to contribute creatively, but feels like she doesn't have the space to contribute creatively. That's fair. That's fair. I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah, no. 100 P. It's, it's, it's... Yeah. No, that's what's going I, on. I, I don't I don't think either of them are doing anything like terribly wrong. No. no. I don't think I don't think Terry's along for the ride. I don't think Ash is even being that controlling. She's just she's doing what she wants to do, which is write the song on piano. Yeah. I mean and that's what I appreciate about plots like this where it's like like you said, like nobody's really a bad person. Mm-mm. It's definitely people and kids especially who want the spotlight and have interest in the arts and want to express it and they're not necessarily at a skill set and i would argue even adults struggle with this in creative endeavors to like genuinely like sit down and collaborate and articulate your needs so it kind of sets up this stage of sorts that terry wants to do more um and ashley is very much like i want this to be this gentle song on a piano and they're they're called their their proposed name is two girls and I think and a keyboard. Oh, I'm sorry, I said it's a okay. piano. It well, was not Paige a piano. calls it two girls and a piano, so I don't blame <laughs> yes, you. Yes, it's true. Which which brings us to Queen Page. <laughs> oh gosh, Queen Page. Clearly, I, I I knew instantly who she was. Like you can never forget who who straight up like walks in and is just like we should totally hook up for cabaret. I was like, <laughs> out of context, nice. All right. I'm like, um, okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Just, just swinging for the fences. We said we said in an earlier episode that Paige loves women. Yeah. Like, she loves women and herself. Oh yeah. That's Paige. true. No, no, that's 100 true. These are both factual statements. Paige loves women. Paige loves herself. <laughs> Paige is always on that hustle. It is true. And and she is really on the hustle this time around. Because her big thing is she she wants in on this band. Like she and she wants to run things, which is Paige. So I have a question. <laughs> just cause it startled me how upfront she was, seemingly out of nowhere. Was there like dis- like did these people know each other very are they good They're friends? They're very good friends. They're, okay. All right. They're a trio. Like okay. the way that things run with them they may not always get along but they have a lot of plots where they're interacting with each other and they operate as a unit a lot of the time okay so it wasn't like totally out of the blue Paige just waltzing and being like let me in on your group no that's actually pretty normal <laughs> okay we've um last week uh it was Paige was trying to start a cheer squad and she came between um two of the other girls emma and manny and now that I'm thinking about it, Paige just tried to steal a man from both Ashley and Terry. Yeah, yeah, but... But... Successfully? One, yes. Mm. The other one... Okay, so, like, uh, Spinner. Um, the tender chunkhead. Yeah. Um, he was stolen successfully from Terry, though he really liked Terry. Yeah, it's it's a really underdeveloped. I would say one of the weaker episodes of the season. And then Ashley, then um, Ashley is dating Drake. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know, I know Drake is a character, but like, still, Ashley's dating Drake. All right. All right. And Paige um, kissed 
Drake because they were doing What's his actual uh, name because Jimmy. Jimmy I really I can't I don't want to Jimmy Paige kiss Jimmy yeah in okay. front of Ashley <laughs> yeah they were doing Romeo and Juliet and uh, a classic I know, a classic yeah. trope oh yes 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 but you know I hate that play. I know every time Frank gets like a freaking freak out I don't blame him but um I, yeah I feel like that's the um that's the like Oh my god, they killed Kenny, you bastards. Like, somebody brings up Romeo and Juliet, and I just immediately go, hate that play. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, ugh. I mean, I understand why it's always used. But anyway, yeah, no, Paige uses that as a vehicle to kiss Jimmy. Um, but everyone ultimately is still friends, as you can see. I think it's one of those things where, like, Terry and Ashley while they may get mad at Paige, like, ultimately they're just like, this is just the usual Paige bullshit. And I feel like it's that weird, like, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's like, you know when you're in middle school and high school and you know the people that you hang out with are garbage, but you're still going to hang out with them because who else are you going to hang out with? Yes. That's the vibe (laughs) that I get with their dynamic. And I say this as somebody who actually quite likes Paige, but, like, I feel like it's one of those things where you're like, this is temporary. Someday I will go to college and make real friends. Yes. (laughs) Um, I was just thinking also, just, like, imagine if this was, like, an anime and, like, Paige and Ashley were rivals. Yes. Like, oh, man, that'd be so good. <laughs> I'd love it. I'm into it. I, I see, I see, Wait, did, Ashley is literally the class president, so she can be the class president archetype. I, oh, wow. I, I yeah. now also realized, didn't we say this was kind of like last week? Didn't we describe them as Paige was bokuga and somebody else was like deku oh yeah yeah i think it was similar to that but like (laughs) but like ashley is the class president like the 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 tired and true trope of anime targeted for teenage like anime a teenage age group everywhere page just like chaotic so insert any chaotic gal there but um yeah so like they just have this really kind of garbage relationship but they're still friends um, but yeah, Paige is just kind of, like, bulldozing in. She's like, hey, can I join the band? Um, and, like, that's where she says, like, to, like just make it three girls and a piano or something. Like, she's like, who cares? And Ashley's like, excuse you. That's not the name. Excuse you, it's a keyboard. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm sure she would have said that to me earlier on this episode. Like, very, very particular. Um, and, and what's, and this goes into this thing about Paige which I always find very interesting about Paige, where she does this thing where, and I guess this is just because she is a really good manipulator, but, like, when she talks to Terry, her points have this kernel of truth because Terry is articulating that, like, you know, she's not having very much creative control and it's frustrating her. And Paige is saying, like, hey, like, that should happen. Also, let me in the band. Like, (laughs) it's, like, one of those things where she's, like, hmm, I know how to make this sound better than my actual intentions. And it's like one of these things where you're listening to Paige, you're like, well, you're not, this isn't, not, not the word. Oh, oh, no, no, there's your true intentions. Okay. All right. Let's move she, on. She literally says, you need me to jazz it up. It's true, which kind of true. <laughs> I mean, sure, but like. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Just, just, just the balls of it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about. <laughs> you need me to jazz it up. It, all right Paige <laughs> well that's the thing about Paige and that's also why it's so hard like I understand when she does bad things and I I can I can understand as a viewer when she is manipulative and when she's doing things that are ultimately kind of garbage but 
I can't deny that I am utterly charmed by her and the fact that she's just gonna say it. Like, there is no ambiguity. Yeah, so throughout the episode, and I'll, I'll maybe bring this up later, but when when she's talking to, to Terry, um, she says, you need me to jazz it up, and then, like, tells her that she's gotta confront Ash about, about letting her in the band mm-hmm. and, and making it more interesting or whatever. And... Then Ash comes in and she talks to Terry and Terry looks like she's about to say, hey, maybe Paige could join us. But then she backs out of it. And then mm-hmm. Paige's just utter look of eye rolling into infinity disgust <laughs> in the background was perfect. And oh, she does this like four times in the episode. And I'm, so I'm gathering that's just her character. Oh, that's yes. 100% just but, Paige. But just... She pulls faces and she knows, she knows. <laughs> oh yeah, no, her, her, her like, for somebody who says such really funny, like, funny lines, like she has incredible nonverbal like reactions as well. It's like, like she 100% commits to this character, which is I think necessary with a character like this because like, I don't think she would be nearly as fun if she didn't, but like you just watch her and it's just, it's legitimately like hysterical to me. <laughs> It's like she plays every like the the actress plays every beat like so she feels like she'd be a method actor a bit a bit <laughs> but like like she doesn't like it's get into the method of Paige <laughs> get inside the head of Paige make whatever her Michael last Chuck. Name. Michael Chuck Michael Chuck um well I was gonna, like it's just like she doesn't. It's not like she's like, okay, well, I'm going to do this to... Like, everything she does is so true. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like... It's not bad. It's like, she doesn't view it as like... It's not like a bad thing she's doing or a good thing. It's just the page thing she's doing. It's very true. It's just like, out of my way. Because this is... Like, it's very like, this is it. She's, I think, to the definition of it, my way or the highway. She is. She is. I was like, mm, do I want to... Yeah, no. That's exactly what she is. And it's like... There's no ambiguity. <laughs> nope. Um, so, uh, Terry is giving her presentation on the mystical arts. And I was just like, oh man, I remember when presentations didn't have to be about anything. <laughs> it's like almost as fantastical as like when your tech teacher made you do presentations about what you wanted to be when you grow, grow up. It's like... Well, I think that probably was in a tech class because if you, you saw the classroom, it was all computers. Yeah. Pretty sure it was tech. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like... A media, so, it's a media immersion class is the okay. name that they use. All right, professional teacher. St- um, Educator. Taught by Snake Simpson. Yes. So you said that before, Snake. What's, that's not his real name, right? No, but he's from the original Degrassi. And he's Snake. Yeah, that was his and, nickname. And, okay, okay. I actually All right. I actually don't know what his actual name is. I'm going to be real with you. I'm forgetting. <laughs> and I've watched this show. Snake no, I want to find out on my own. Okay, then I'm not looking All it right. up. Okay. Yeah, he's just Snake for the rest of the episode. Yeah, he's Snake. Well, that's what everyone calls him. If you showed Snake in the room, he would turn his head. So, like, for all intents and purposes, his name's Snake. 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 Like, he would look at you. He'd be like, yeah, what? Why are you yelling my name? Anyway, so, like, she's doing this presentation, and there's this great moment where she's like, I'm going to access the spirits. And, like, Spinner is like, yeah, okay. Um, So so she, like, has a Ouija board out, which is just, 
wild to me. Like, I can't imagine being, like, keeping a straight face as a teacher. And, like, Snake wasn't keeping a totally straight face, but I legitimately would be dying in the back. I would be a heap. I have no poker face when it comes to this, because she's like, she's like, ask me, you know, ask me something. And, you know, Spinner's, of course, a joke, like, oh, my giant stud. And then... <laughs> And then, and then asks the true question, which was like, what is the name of my first pet? Something like that. Yes, that was it. I wrote it down. Yeah. First pet. And it was Rocky. Yeah. But but then Ash, like, completely blows Terry's cover later when she's just like, yeah, I heard you talked to to him about that last week. Which, of course, is like, what? You know, it's one of those, but at the time, I guess, you know, Spinner doesn't remember that conversation. Um, Does he look like a kid who will remember that conversation? Okay, you know, I was trying to be nice, (laughs) but kind of true. Spinner's been through a lot. He has been through a lot. He's working in the cafeteria. He's working (laughs) off some debts. Yeah. Okay. Good job, kid. (laughs) No context to that. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, yeah, so, like, it's like, ooh, ah, the spirits, the mystics. It was, like, you know, one of those scenes. His, His response was in the words of it uh, the exact words because i like to write notes apparently was oh that's cool and a bit creepy turns around <laughs> walks away yeah yeah no that's spinner for you um and of course like snake makes a really <laughs> hokey point it's like that's a great powerpoint i better give a high mark or i'm going to like you know the mystics are gonna get me <laughs> which is like the most corny <laughs> corny teacher joke and like everyone just laughs uncomfortably in the way that i believe a class would which is very like ha, 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 please don't fail me <laughs> This is also the same dude who we saw threaten to break a pedophile's neck in the first, in the second episode. Okay, he has, he has many layers. <laughs> I was immediately smitten with him. It's true. Frank even, loves Snake. Even, smitten with Snake. Even before. He, my new fanfic. Even, a spinoff podcast. <laughs> so let's talk about his five seconds appearance in this one episode. It goes <laughs> like two hours. He was just cruising in the background. It's good. It's you gotta, you gotta have a theme song. That, that is a podcast that needs a theme song. Smitten with Snake. <laughs> Smitten with Snake. Smitten yeah, and with it snake. goes exactly like that. That was what was in my head, too. Like, that specific cadence gonna, and rhythm. Yeah. Gonna make him some dessert and not ease the bake. Smitten with Snake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. I mean, that wasn't perfect. The rhyme, the syllables were off, but... We'll, we'll workshop it. We'll workshop it. You know, on the, on, the, on the cuff... That was pretty darn good. If we ever if we ever get big enough, we need a Patreon. That'll be like one of the goals. <laughs> it's just an episode of us smitten with snakes. <laughs> it's our oh, names, right. but they're backwards. Um, but anyway, so so now Terry is finally getting some sort of attention that isn't like really weird because Terry Gwen, you don't know this. Like Terry has, as you can imagine, being the fat character, has been treated like garbage in many yes. ways. Um, so now, like, she, she is, like, basically the high priestess of Degrassi, um, because she, she clearly knows how to use a Ouija board, (laughs) so, and I guess there's no goths at Degrassi, so, like, Terry was there to take the title, um, and, and it's one of those things where now she's going to use this as this kind of conduit for her to be able to make decisions, because now, instead of the attention being put on her to speak for herself, now she can use the oracle to, like, determine 
decision making in which she uses a lot in the context of the next scene so like the next time around we see her and she's she's jumped to tarot so she's gone from ouija to tarot and now she's doing readings so she tells so she's doing like a spread for manny and she's doing the spread and telling her like oh like be careful there's going to be i think it says like a twist is going to happen to your day or something along those lines um and and manny kind of takes it and you know marinates on it and walks away um and we'll talk about that that context in the b plot and then Paige comes in and it's really (laughs) it's just like oh because it's just like as somebody who has like had my tarot spread red like it's just like man middle schoolers are gullible there's so many like problems in the way that it's set up because like a, a big component at least when i've done it is like the person is supposed to cut the deck because then like the person has touched the cards and it's like you put your energy into it but terry is like oh well let's see what the oracle says about our band and like cuts the deck and clearly has a card stuck in the lunch table which also reads to me that this was pre-planned by oh, 100 yeah right. this wasn't just like i'm gonna lie no i'm going to plant this which is like no this this was planting the seeds of doubt in two girls and a, and a keyboard yeah had to make sure i got that right yeah so like <laughs> terry does this uh you know this this manipulated spread ashley is there um and they're like going through it um and she specifically plants a card that she interprets as it's like about it's like one of the wand cards and it's like oh like change and like change with a creative energy is good and like uses it to basically say hey we should let Paige into the band just want to take a moment to to thank you for being uh the good queer of the bunch here and and know your your tarot and our mystic divine power the knowledge the oracle thank you i'm showing show my ass here am i allowed to say ass yeah you can okay showing my ass here <laughs> I... not not being the, the good queer as izzy said in in gay culture yeah I'm, I'm i'm very with it with the gay culture yeah, yeah it's one of those things where like and i said this in the last time we talked about this topic like i'm not somebody i am by no means an expert i i'm not someone who really dabbles in this type of stuff i i understand that some people do um i just so happen to have friends that have and I had a friend with a tarot deck in high school and loved using it. So, like, I know, I know some things. So, like, she, she, you know, she's using this as a way to kind of articulate her needs um, and try and push Ashley into letting Paige into the band. So, one, when, when detail I had here, just because I love Paige and all of her interactions and, and, and just one-liners that she Please. gives during this episode Please. was... So, um, name's Terry. So Terry Ter says, like, oh, maybe maybe we should let Paige in the band. The, the Oracle is telling us to do this. And I think Ash responds with, no, like, she she totally clashed with my vision, which is true. She would. Yeah. But Paige responds with, me? Clash? As if. It's so good. As if. Paige. <laughs> well, it's early on. <laughs> Look that- at yourself. <laughs> it's so good. I just... I adore Paige to so many ways because she's just good television. She's just really good television. She, she, um, she also has like there's a bunch of scenes where she's also just like there for the younger kids. Like mm-hmm. um, Emma gets her first period and Paige shows up and like it's a great episode comforts her mm-hmm. and like gives her a pad. 
Um, and then Ashley's dad is gay, and Ashley has some trouble getting through it. And sure. Paige comes up, she's like, "Hey, my brother's gay. Let's chat." Like, and then like Ashley throws some milk on her and walks away. It's a very turbulent relationship. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very turbulent relationship but like it, it's interesting because and i think this goes back to like how under understandably like Paige is obviously manipulating terry but like once again you run into this thing where like Paige's points are not awful it's true terry should be you know giving more input in a creative endeavor if she wants to if she feels the need to obviously Paige is still looking out for herself but like I think it just kind of reiterates that Paige knows what's right. She just may not necessarily do it. Well, this whole episode... Or do it for the right reasons. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, like, the theme I kept getting um, through this whole episode was, like, between, like, good support and bad support. Like, Ashley is just full of bad support, where she's just like, no, let's not do this thing. No, let's not do this. And, like, Paige is at least like, you should have a say in this. Like, it might not work, but you should have a say in this. Yeah. No, I think there's... And, and that's what I appreciate about the show. And I think it speaks to what a good piece of media can be if you have more than one girl on it. Because I think that what you end up seeing is when you don't have ensemble cast. And I think this is why Degrassi always stood out to me as a kid and why I liked watching it and why I liked ensemble pieces in general. Because you saw different ways that people could be and specifically how girls can be and how you have certain types of archetypes and certain types of responses and what's really good about Degrassi is like you see interpersonally how they do certain things and you may not agree with it but they're all familiar in their own ways and I think it's really kind of nice to see these dynamics even if they're not always great even if they don't always do the right thing I think it's really enjoyable. I don't want to be rude, I just want to get my laptop charger. Understandable. We can have dead time unless you have anything you'd like to add right now, Gwyn. No, I want to get onto the fucking flyer. Oh, gosh. Okay, okay. So so before we do, I just want to point out something where Terry and Ashley are talking about the Oracle and, like, you know, all the mysticism. And Ashley cites that her family has an actual sidekick in it who reads tea leaves. And I'm just forever i'm like genuinely fascinated by ashley's family which is comprised of a very morally gray mother a gay father and now this psychic like <laughs> what is going on um like i know you said psychic but it did kind of come out and sound like sidekick Yes, my sidekick who reads my, my, my Oh, yeah, I thought she said that too. No, 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 no. Like, like my aunt is a sidekick. <laughs> there she I was, is. I now. was just gonna roll with it because I am I'm, I'm coming in one episode. And I'm like, sure, sidekick aunt, whatever. Anyway, she has an aunt. I think it's an aunt. Some sort of connection to her family that reads tea leaves, and it was just like one of those like really brief moments. And what's really funny to me is like. Is like Ashley's like okay, so Terry, what you're doing is bullshit. However, my aunt that reads tea leaves totally legit. Like it's just like this interesting little moment that it's like it's not even like the case of Ashley is entirely convinced that Ouija boards and tarot cards are bullshit. She just has very specific credentials of it. And to be fair, Ashley's not wrong because Terry is just lying a bunch of the time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's just manipulating information. It's just really funny to me that that like Ashley has evidence. Um, one of my, uh, oh, and, b but before we get to the flyer, like, 
Ashley's still like, no, we're not going to let Paige in. And then Manny's just... I forget why Manny's busting out a sick cartwheel, but just mm-hmm. tries to bust out a sick cartwheel and just eats it super hard. <laughs> she just beeps it. <laughs> beeps it real bad. There was, there was no rhyme or reason. This was clearly a plot, a, a chain-moving scene. What do you want? A junior I, no, high no, schooler okay, to you know, fall for real? <laughs> no, no, no. It was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this sick flip on... on <laughs> In their general proximity. It, on, on, these, on this staircase. Great idea. Yeah, it's like... It's just like this moment. It's like working with my campers because I work at a summer camp right now where you're just like looking at them. It's like they end up on the floor and you're like, why did you do that? I know your logic is not fully developed, but there was no little voice in your head that was like, maybe you'll get seriously injured if you do this. Anyway, the twist here that was referenced in the tarot cards was a twisted ankle. Yep. So, so, ooh, Terry. And this one, Terry, you see like this moment of regret because Terry was not... You know, padding the deck, as it were, on that one. Like, it's just, oh, no. Like, what have I done? I have great power, potentially. And, like... Insert Spider-Man quote. Yes, yes, absolutely. (laughs) So, like, it's like this very foreboding moment. Spinner's just like, oh, look, there's my Uncle Uncle Ben here to pick me up. Hey, Spinner, oh, God, I've been shot. And it's just like, oh, no, it's just like Rocky. (laughs) But Spinner's cat? Did Spinner's cat die? Spinner's cat was dead. I think that was established. I think that was like my my cat who died. I think that was established. Sorry. Dark. I mean, it was probably a childhood cat. It probably was old. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, So yeah, then so Paige is like, all right, cool. I'm in the band now. Yeah, she just bulldozes in. And then comes back next day to... (laughs) So good. Because she, she's in the band now. She knows she's in yeah, the band. Yeah. And she's decided this. So she goes home and she does the a best masterpiece. <laughs> it's truly a masterpiece. A, a truly masterful work of art um, using <laughs> using high school's Photoshop skills. Um, yeah, it makes a flyer. Please paint the picture for us, Gwendolyn. Okay, okay. Um, oh, this is a task. So first off, she renames the band, clearly. Um <laughs> Because it's got to be about her, so it's 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 Paige um, McMichael, Michael Chuck, and okay, Paige Michael Chuck. I'll get it right. Paige Michael Chuck and the Sex Kittens. Sex Kittens, not very important. Sex Kittens is one word. There's no space in between. It's Sex Kittens. Yeah. I think this is reference to like she was saying like you know if you have me it'll make it sexy. Yeah. Well. And yeah. So Sex Kittens clearly just going to, in for it. To be fair, like. Ashley's response to Paige potentially joining the band, like she says, Paige is sexy and stupid. Basically, <laughs> like, like so, so, and I think this is something, Gwen. Obviously, you haven't seen other episodes, but you, you kind of see Paige is aware of how she's perceived mm. and very aware that like she has had this like sexual identity kind of thrusted upon her in many ways, and she is just she just owning it. She just owns it. All right, I can get behind that. Yeah. But anyway, I need to continue this I'm description sorry. because, okay, so unfortunately there are no actual like kittens on this flyer, which I thought was a, a big missed opportunity. But still, totally. it's really great. I wanted so, to Josie and the Pussycat. Yes, look. that's what we were all looking for. But so in the very forefront is is Paige, and then behind her on her left and right are are Ash and and Terry. The thing is, their heads are about the size of the rest of their body. They're blown up like these bizarre caricatures. <laughs> they look like, like and they're in baseball. leotards, um, like dancing, singing, supposedly. But y'all, um, 
Paige does not have a torso. <laughs> like, so, so in the background, Terry, you know, they have big heads, but Terry and, and, and Ash, they still have torsos. They still have bodies. They still look like a human being. They're wearing like a vaguely cropped top with a double zero on it. It's a black top. And then they're wearing these teeny tiny camo shorts. Oh, right, the camo shorts. So I, I did pull it up. I think Paige is supposed to be bending over. <laughs> She's 100% bending over. Oh my god, you're right. Wow, Gwen. <laughs> oh my goodness, you're blowing my mind. But still, it's... Oh no, it's still not... Frank, it's still not correct. Oh yeah, oh no. Oh no, pull it back up. Okay. <laughs> so... Make sure you're talking into the mic. Uh, okay, wait, it's on my phone too, because I had to take a picture. Yeah, this was like... So Frank came in a little early before we recorded this. We're actually recording for the first time ever live in my living room. Um, which is adorned by literally like every freaking anime figure staring at us, and like that's what I've been doing when I'm not been. Oh my god, everything makes sense now. I'm sorry. Okay, she is 100 leaning over. It's just because of course she is. Okay, so so her arms look like her legs. Yeah, yeah. So she's like like her arms just because you know high school Photoshop skills. Her arms just blended into her legs, looking like she just had from her shoulders legs. Yes. And then, like, a weird camo shirt pasted on out of nowhere. Yeah. My, okay, so my... And her head... I, I'm sorry, I just... Her head is the size of, like, Mars. Because <laughs> her face has to be front and center. My, of course. My thing, though, is... Where did she get those pictures? Because clearly... <laughs> of, the, of the sexy girls or of her friends? Because oh. hopefully she has pictures of her friends. Well, I was just going to say, because, like... It looks very like because like Terry is kind of squinting. Ashley, it it definitely <laughs> looks like she cut photos of them because like it looks like like the lighting is different in each photo, and like it I think it's very clearly Paige was like staring at her walls and like had like two or three pictures of them and cut them out like like Paige's is really big, which reads to me that it was like a a portrait like a middle school portrait. And then Ashley and Terry's were just pictures she had of them. But if she didn't even like Photoshop, or she just glued all this together? I it gives that vibe in a way. I so I, I'm sorry. I'm just looking at this. I still can't get over how Paige just looks like that one, that one cat that just has like head and legs, <laughs> like leg cat, or whatever it is. That's yes. that's the meme she looks like. I understand now. It was my mistake. Her arms are there. I get it. But it just. It's, it's a an, lot. It's an impressive flyer. I'm I'm in love with. Oh man, I ha- we had to pause this. on this for a solid like two minutes just to make sure we were had it together to keep oh. taking notes on the rest of the episode. We were like screaming. It was so good. <laughs> this is what I why I love YA media because <laughs> it comes up with this brilliance. Um. Anyway, so so like she's like, we gotta do this, and Ashley is like, oh well, no, this is the song. Like, listen to it and learn it. And it's really funny because Paige then takes it upon herself to listen to it in class in a very stealthily, like, wiring her wa- her Walkman to, like, in She's the back. She's clearly wearing headphones in the middle of class. Oh, yeah. We're, we're not at the earbud phase. No. Like, and no. she's rolling her eyes for no it's one. so good. <laughs> oh, she it listens is... to it? So this is the second iteration of, of rolling her eyes into infinity, disgusted beyond the oh, belief she has this sneer. of the creative talent that Ashley has. She has this sneer on her face. It's like... It is so good. It's just like the biggest mood I've ever seen. Just her listening to this, snarling while listening to it. Like, not even caring that the principal, 
who is the leave replacement right now, um, could potentially catch her wearing headphones. Like, she does not care. There, there was one thing <laughs> I didn't about... Know that was the principal. Yes. There was one thing about the principal I really enjoyed, is that he comes in to cover uh, Miss Kwan's class, and he's just like, I'm here, Miss Kwan's still on her leave. And it was like, oh. And like he kind of like la- like does one of those... Like, you know, single laughs to himself. And yeah. it's like, he knows what's up. He I, does. I, I like that about him. <laughs> I do still think it's BS that a principal is covering classes. But, that was a good moment. So, um, Paige, and t- Paige is just like, this song sucks. We need to take it, to- we need to take it somewhere um, to, like, peppy it up. So they go to talk to, I'm sorry. No, 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 I was just gonna, nope. No, you can edit that out. <laughs> Please okay. do. Okay. I was gonna say something, but you you just you you got it. Okay. Um, and also one of the th- we're also coming to the point where every time, like, there's a disagreement among these three girls, Paige is like, just check the tarot, just take check the mysticism. Yeah, yeah, just, just like just check the oracle. I don't, I don't like if you don't want to make a decision, just ask the oracle. <laughs> <laughs> She's just like, all right, like Terry just. Play the deck a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's just like this, like, it's very... It's it's Paige and Terry are running a con. That's what it is. They this are. is the episode. They They're are. running the con of, we want we want this this song to be not slow and morose. I love this episode of Leverage. Always on the yeah. hustle. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, so they were like, we gotta jazz this up. And how are they going to jazz it up, you may ask? By talking it... to the jazziest motherfucker in the school, Snake Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> Which was absolutely delightful, because, like, the first episode of Degrassi The Next Generation, we see where a lot of the characters from the original Degrassi series are, and it's really clunky in many ways. Um, This was actually a better reference to back in the day, because Snake, I guess, was trying to talk about the technology of synthesizers and stuff like that, and he has it all set up, and he's like, you know, I was in a band. Like, I had a song, I had a music video, which is, like, really funny if you've seen the series, because if you've seen the series before this, you you know the song, you've seen the video, that was, like, a whole plot point. And it's just really funny watching these these preteens be like, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sounds boring. <laughs> now as impressive as you think, old man. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, it was very, very endearing. And yet, they still want to look to him for help to make the song less dreary. So what does Snake decide? Well, first off, he goes, y'all ready for this? (laughs) Cue the beats. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the comedic timing of it was so good. He, he like, he makes a sample, then he pauses it, and says to them, like, looks him directly in the eye and says, y'all ready for this? (laughs) And then plays the, 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 the progression of the beat that's like, I guess the equivalent of like dropping. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm getting too many beats here, but he made a banger. Y'all he ready makes, for this? He makes basketball music, which is my favorite genre. Yes, of music. clearly that's what he does. It's hype music. Basketball genre. <laughs> There was, a, there was a point I kept saying, no one would really cure our nation's broken heart. Another jock jams. <laughs> yes, the snake, the Canadian, snake, a Canadian will bring you the jock jams needed to heal our country in this wounded time. So then Ashley somehow hears it from like three hallways away. He's like, I hear something and goes bursting into the room. <laughs> oh, yeah. It might as well be the beat. <laughs> the basketball music. 
Yeah. <laughs> we invented, we invented festival, and now we're inventing jock jams. Welcome to Canada, motherfucker. <laughs> anyway, that's basically what happens in that scene. And then Ashley comes in. And the funniest part is Snake sees conflict and he just like fades into the wall. <laughs> he's just like, oh. We can fix your song. We can fix your song. Whoosh. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, I didn't delete the other copy of it. It's fine. It's like, dude, what? Like, also, like, as an adult, you were editing a song that was definitely being sung by a child who was not in that room. <laughs> it's just like, like, unless Paige manipulate, which maybe she did, manipulate the situation and go like, no, no, it's fine, Ashley said it was cool, like. I, I think, I, I don't even think he, he knew, and I don't think he cared. He was just so glory hyped. days. <laughs> he was so hyped to relive his, yes, his glory days. These two, these two children coming to him asking for musical advice, he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for this. <laughs> Y'all ready for this? Snake's oh God, those spikes. <laughs> Snake's ready for this. I'm not talking about Emma's mom. Oh, oh, Ma- oh yeah, Emma's mom's name is Spike because she was also on the show. And she has spiky hair. It's true. Is she gay? That she sounds. That's a gay name. I'm sorry. I wish. <laughs> I wish, but she had a very, very, very like she. She was incredibly queer coded to me and like would wear and like she had a friend who had a Chelsea cut and stuff. Like wasn't there a character on Buffy that was called Spike and he was like the gayest character ever? I mean those are two entirely different characters. Are you just saying I'm Spike, just saying is, Spike gay? is a gay name? I, I though I honestly feel like Spike from Buffy could say that one line that Creed says in the office, like, um, where he's like I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I made to made love to many beautiful women out in the mud and the rain. Maybe a man slipped in there. Who's to know? I mean, it feels like like vampires <laughs> in general. It's just like maybe I'm just mis. It was. You're, I mean, you're Am not I misremembering this? No, you're not wrong. Okay. Like there was a very distinctive like vibe coming off. Oh, yes. Like, well, you can totally tell. Like. Probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's like it's definitely More one of those. Definitely. Yeah. It's like yeah. Well, I mean. All right. Like... Sorry for that tangent. Anyway. It's a good tangent. <laughs> it is. It is. But, um... <laughs> We've been going an hour. We haven't even talked about the people. Oh, my God. We, we'll take out some stuff. We'll cut Man. out. Okay. Then uh, we won't. It's just, it's a super double episode because this episode is so good. I really enjoyed it. Anyway, before we get too caught up in that, um, so, so they do the, the space, space jam throwback. Ashley, like, loses, a, like, blows a gasket about it. And, like, you know... I can't blame her. I'd be pretty pissed off if my moving ballad became, like, a Space Jam riff without my permission. Like, I'm not opposed to a good, like, every time we touch remix type deal. But, like, I would like my consent first. I mean, because it's, like, because it's not, like, changing everything else about the band, I was like, okay, I'm fine with that. Because it's just, um, it's, like, it's just appearances. Like, it's the name of the band, it's, like, the look. But, like, they changed the actual music, which is the important part of being in a band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, you should, you know, be like, okay, this is my sound, and I'm, I'm pretty okay with it. Because it's not like they're like, we're gonna do a song that Paige and Terry wrote. No, we're literally just gonna steal your song, take credit for it, essentially, and... <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so, um, you know, we get to the cabaret performance... And Terry and Paige are in full early aughts regalia. So, like, 
oh my goodness it's so good with like the sunglasses with like the blue fading into clear you have like very chunky wave hair um terry looks super cute like she's wearing this kind of cute little like sparkly top and then she's wearing like fitted jeans and then paige is just in full scale like pop star magnificence which is like a crop top and a mini skirt um and then ashley comes in and is super pissed off which once again rightfully so wearing a knee-length black denim jacket with like ties on the sleeves and like corsetting on the sleeves and stuff. I didn't even notice that oh, insane boy. outfit. I, I, how did you not? Like I was looking at this and I was like, what? Was it just like hanging out in the wardrobe area? They're like, eh, let's, contrast. Here you go. Um, but I did. We also forgot to mention Louis de Van Zandt. Oh yes, Lizzie Van Zant, <laughs> this gender diva wearing like a full tux, basically, and like it's just really good. I was so delighted when I saw her in that. She took. The yeah, I don't know who she is, but I was like, I want to know her. She's great. <laughs> oh man, I hope she saw some. Okay, so in, in the last, in a previous episode, they thought they were gonna win the lottery or win some kind of contest, mm-hmm. and so like. Her, like, everybody's, like, spending money on stuff. Her big splurge, she buys a pair of red cowboy boots. And I was just like, has she been wearing those the whole time? Like. It's so good. Where have these things been in my life? Where's Louis Van Zandt been in these boots? She's a natural. But, like, so she's, like, this in this, like, super cute outfit. And, like, you know. She has a top hat. Yeah, and she's trying to, like, run this whole entire thing. Um, And because they're having this conflict... Um, and we'll get to the B-plot, which was the act before, um, you know, Liberty's like, you gotta go on, you gotta go on. So, so, like, Terry and Paige decide that they're just gonna perform, they're gonna do it. Like, doesn't matter how Ashley feels, they're gonna go for it. And Liberty, um, I don't remember the rest of her name, but Liberty, um, asks them, so what are you guys, what are you gonna be calling yourselves? Because she has to introduce them, she's the MC. Mm-hmm. Um, and... In, in a, I mean, it kind of like sums up the episode here and the strife that was the conflict of the episode. Um, I don't remember who says it. Was it Terry that says it? Um, just call us uh, Paige and Terry. I think it might have been Paige. Yeah. Regardless, it was the, the, the conflict here and, and the like actualization of that conflict was we are Paige and Terry. We've now ostracized Ash. Yeah. Definitively. Yeah. Um, so they do this performance and it's fun like for a middle school performance it's super fun like they have choreography they which surprised the heck out of me we didn't see them practicing that it was great i know like they were doing really cute choreography and like what was nice about it was and once again it's like one of those things where it's like say what you will about Paige. terry had time in the spotlight she had moments where she was the focus and she was enjoying herself and and I think, sorry to interrupt, but I think no, she wait. felt comfortable on stage, which yes. was which is a plot point we didn't really talk about before, yes. where um, Paige initially shows her her outfit idea design. Yeah. And, and, and Terry's like, oh, I can't do that. It'll make me look like a sausage. Yeah. Um, and she's not comfortable with it. But in the end, they still go with that outfit. It's just Terry has a modified one where she's not wearing a crop top and she's just wearing high-waisted fitted jeans. And she looks really good. Yeah. And she looks comfortable on stage, which was... I was I was very happy for her. Well, Paige also built her up in that moment, just like, no, you'll be beautiful. Yeah, and she was. Yeah, like she. It was really nice to see because Terry has been screwed over so much in the story, 
um, in, in many, many different ways, some very overt and some much more subtle. Um, and it was a very pleasant moment to kind of see her enjoy, like, performing and having a good time and feeling confident about herself and putting herself out there like that, and which is, like, always so nerve-wracking when it comes to middle schoolers because, like, it's one of those moments, at least as a teacher, where you're like, okay, like, I want this kid to do well and because I don't want their confidence shattered. And to have her have a moment of confidence like that was wonderful in many ways. And the performance was really fun. Like, it was legitimately a blast. If I saw that during, like, a middle school cabaret, I'd be thoroughly impressed. The crowd loved it, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, they were a bit on the fence at first. I saw Jimmy and Spinner investigating the situation. But then, like, at the end of it, they were like, yeah, okay, cool. Um, so then we all, then everybody meets back up in the bathroom. Um, and... Uh, like, Ashley says, like, you guys did great, like, why don't we reform the band, and then Paige, I forget what the disagreement, oh, Paige wants to name the band PMS. Feminist icon over here. Yeah. Um. Well, which, which is, of course, a, a, a callback to, um, Paige and, uh, Paige, what's her name? Michael Michael Chuck. (laughs) It's just the theme of this episode. Paige right. Michael Chuck and the Sex Kittens, or PMS, because again, Sex Kittens is one word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so it's one of those moments where you know Ashley understands and accepts that, like you know, it's not a bad thing to have fun and enjoy yourself and maybe take things in a slightly different direction. Um, and they kind of come together, and they're not perfect, but they're coming together, and they genuinely seem to still care about each other, which is actually, I was kind of surprised that that's what was going to be the ending note of it, because sometimes these endings get very dour, they get very, like, upsetting in a weird, unsettling way, and a a lot of the time the plots feel incomplete, but this one had a definitive end point, and a definitive point that the characters ended up in a better spot than they did at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, I I really was happy that it was it actually ended well because if if say they did a really bad job with the song and like it was a clunker their 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 uh new rendition of of Ashley's song mm-hmm. they would have gotten on stage taken the spotlight pl- played the song and they would have stolen all of Ashley's work because she wrote yeah. the song she wrote the music she wrote the lyrics and they got out there and sung it without her yeah. So I, I'm very happy that they, they did a good job and they had a good time and, and that Ashley could see that and have like the maturity to to respond with, okay, you know, that was good. Because otherwise, it, I think it would have ended very poorly and it could have been a huge strain on the relationships. Exactly. And, and there also are moments where the foreshadowing actually looks like it might go that way. And I'm going to give credit to the writers for this because a plot point that we didn't really touch upon is that... Um, that um terry lies about what the high priestess means um and says like oh like because they basically flip a card and say like are we going to go with the new sound or are we going to go with ashley's original sound and she lies that and says the high priestess means like you know go with the new and ashley finds out that that's a lie and it looks like especially it's like oh if you forsake the oracle like bad things are going to happen to you like and like, you know, if you go against it, you might twist your ankle like Manny did. Um, but it was really nice to see it. And then at the end of the episode, Terry goes, like, I don't want to screw with this anymore and throws out the deck. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, you've, I've spoken a lot. <laughs> Please I've, continue. I've You're the host. Like, 
Um, I was gonna say like we we don't want to piss off the oracle. Now I'm gonna throw out my tarot cards. I know, right? Okay, okay. In the grossest, in the grossest garbage, the bathroom garbage. (laughs) Truly, but 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 I will say that was a a symbolic scene because it was it you know the the episode was about Terry not being comfortable voicing um, her opinions and 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 saying she wants to take a more creative input into into the band and she was having difficulty speaking up and so she used terror reading and the oracle to speak for her and kind of like insert her opinions without them being her own opinions yeah. she doesn't have that responsibility mm-hmm. but the symbol of it's very simple simple symbolism but her throwing the tarot cards in the garbage were her saying no i'm going to from here out make my own decisions and 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 make my opinions known and I think that was kind of like a big theme of this episode. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a very, you know, say what you will about Degrassi. I think this is one of the more effective ways of having a character who, you know, trying to figure out how to articulate her needs in a way that isn't super, I mean, are, is the symbolism a little heavy handed at times? Yeah. But I would also argue that the story itself is not terribly heavy-handed. I think that it could very easily, especially in the context of having a fat character, you could go for like a really tropey type of treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, you could go for a really contrived take on body acceptance, um, but just kind of taking a very real feeling that teenagers feel, especially when they feel that they are less than in some way, and trying to have them build their confidence is is a really enjoyable thing to see unfold. Like I, I think like I'm okay with the simplicity of the symbolism because it's just like you gotta know your audience. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. These are I mean like how old? This is like for twelve and thirteen year olds, and not, they're not you know kids that age are not dumb, but like they're not gonna get like something that's more transparent or not like more opaque i should say where it's just like oh this one this bush means this yeah it's just like if my i'm like i'm okay with simplistic symbolism symbolism when you know your audience like in this or you know the purge movies it's yeah. true no it's absolutely true like I'm, <laughs> it was great and, yeah and i'm not going to argue your reference to the purge movies because i think that's another example <laughs> of knowing your audience like you you gotta do things a certain way knowing your audience and i think that when degrassi gets that right they really get it right you can tell that they have a connection to teenagers and i think that's why this plot in particular really spoke to me and really spoke to my teenage self um but let's finally get to that b plot because there is stuff to be said also about the b plot um which is also set within the context of the cabaret but this time around we're kind of taking a look at what Emma wants to do for the cabaret, which is the most Emma thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Emma, miss, I want to do my report on Mama Onu, a very, very specific sea turtle, wants to do a, a interpretive dance about the hunting of panthers. And this is very important because she feels that it will make an emotional connection to the Degrassi community as their mascot is the panthers. <laughs> Oh boy, <laughs> a lot of this flew over my head, and I was just like, you know what, kid, you do you. Um, that was about my response to it. Well, that's the thing about Emma is she will do her like you know whatever she is into, and that's the thing about Emma is this is such a quintessentially Emma conundrum, and this plot only really works with Emma because she cares so much. It's just her execution of things, and and if you've seen the episodes leading up to this, is not 
always the best. And I think it's a lot of Emma's issue is she never knows her audience. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Wow, that is just such an apt summary of Emma. <laughs> right? Right? It sums it all up. Put Never. into contrast, where Paige knows her audience. Yes. Yeah. Two sides of the same coin, perhaps. Well, that's what makes their interaction so delightful, I think. It's like you see you see this this moment. There, there's a, um, during this scene where uh, Emma gets her first period, like, she's in the, ba- like, her and Paige have the conversation in the bathroom, and Emma's just like, I don't want to end up like, like, and Paige is like, like me, honey, you wish. It's so good. <laughs> it's iconic. Wow. Iconic. And I don't use that term lightly. It's iconic. Um, but anyway, so, so the whole entire thing opens up with Emma explaining this. And she's really trying to convince Sean um, to be the hunter. So the whole idea is that she and Manny are going to dance around dressed as panthers, and then a hunter is going to come out and, tr- and shoot them. Um, and then I think get attacked is like the whole premise. Um, so Sean, <laughs> Sean cracks me up because like the black and white thinking of this moment is hysterical because Sean's like, Sean's like, why do you want me to be a hunter? I don't hunt. <laughs> I don't dance. Like, she's like, I don't dance. I don't hunt. Like, I'm not gonna do this. Emma's like, yeah, but you like, you're you don't have to dance. You're not gonna wear a leotard. Like, you don't have to dance. You know, like she's like trying to explain all these things, and like he does not process what acting is in this moment. <laughs> he has no idea, so he's aggressively like, no, I'm not gonna do it. Um, aggressively, but not unkindly. Yeah, yeah. Really, the most indignant response he gives is the "I don't hunt" statement. Which I think was more like he was offended that Emma, this girl he's trying to, like, get the affections of in many ways, would even think that he would, like, hurt animals in that way. Just a little uh, context for you, Gwen. Shauna is a vegetarian because he spent a, um, a summer on his uncle's farm and his uncle had a slaughterhouse. And he saw mm. what happened inside of it. And he's like, if I can't see them get killed, I can't eat them. That's very high school. Wait, yeah. are they in high school or middle school? They're middle, middle school. school. Okay, either, but still, yes. He's a good boy. He's a very good boy. Um, and he gets referred to as Emma's boyfriend. Ayo. And I was just like fist pumping. I care. <laughs> only head shit I care about. That's it. Anyway. Because hey, so, so, Sean, that's, that's the, okay, we'll get to this later, but he's, that's the one who stood up. Yes. Okay. We'll, we'll get to Sean. Okay. Sean, my love. Anyway. So, so as this is happening, JT and Toby are the worst because Toby, <laughs> after already having a plot about how white knighting is not a good idea, he decides he's going to white knight. And it's so annoying. Um, and of course, there's this like very homophobic exchange between JT and Toby about like wearing leotards and embracing your feminine side and haha JT you're more like you're already feminine like very middle school but I also hate hearing it it's one of those things where it's like I know it exists I work in a school I don't want to hear it bye I'm also tired of them which is a different topic I'm sure Gwen you you kind of were like okay fine you're you're assholes okay but I have no opinions on these characters fair enough what so I agree with you that, like, how do we have another episode about white knighting? And I, the reason, like, my response to that is because those guys never learn. That's a very good point. <laughs> That's unfortunately a very real point. Um, but, 
so so Toby is taking it upon himself. He's like, okay, well, if Sean doesn't want to be the hunter, I'm going to be the hunter, and then Emma will clearly love me because I am helping her in her time of need. Is a very straightforward take on it. He refers to himself as the hero. Yes, yes, he does. Indeed, he does. Um, so, so this is all like well and good. This looks like it's going to happen, and then we well connect back to where the A plot and the B plot kind of intercept, where after Manny gets a bad tarot reading, she then beefs it. And because of that, she can no longer play the role of the other panther. So Toby is going to try and push himself and say, oh, Emma, I'll be the other panther. I don't know how to be, but I will be the panther. He's bad at it. He's real bad. Yeah, really bad. He like... They do practices, and he just, he just straight up headbutts Emma like three times, and <laughs> yeah. she's like, she's very forgiving, she's very kind, she's like gently saying, maybe you should practice this when you're at home, and gently tells him, I, I think we're done for practice, I really don't want to get a head injury. Yeah. Like, it, it sounds very genuine, but if, if put in another context, another voice, another inflection, <laughs> it would be the biggest diss of this show right now. Oh god, I'm just imagining Paige saying that and I'm loving it so much. Oh yeah, my god. If put Paige saying those exact words, totally different conversation. Okay, do you guys want to, do you, you want to see if we can do it? No. Oh god. I, 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 I would have to have it written down. Yeah, if so I had it written, written down, down for me, I could do it because then it's like, because then it would just be like, Paige, I feel like half of it is Paige's face though. That's the problem. Because I see her with like her eyebrows <laughs> slightly raised going like, and like kind of like t- pursing her lip a little bit. And being like, I don't want to get a concussion. <laughs> like, but like, that's those are pretty much the exact words that that Emma said, but just totally fine. And it sounded very genuine. Two she she just didn't coin. want to get a concussion. Two that's sides all. of the same coin. <laughs> Two sides of the same coin. Yes. But um, anyway, so like, it's looking like a disaster. Um, and Toby is still like, oh, I gotta, I gotta. Um, so like, let's flash forward to the cabaret. Cause wait, wait, wait. One important detail before the cabaret. Please. In random, just like, you know, transition scene. Showing Thank the you school. for pointing this out. I forgot. We just see, and I had to pause because, like, I didn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> this child, this boy, practicing his ventriloquist skills. In the background. Just just like, well, this, this, this you know, how those typical, ugly, hideous, terrifying ventriloquist dolls. <laughs> Just, just practicing, because and and you know that we didn't see this in the cabaret, but you know he was practicing for the cabaret. Oh, one hundred percent. He was definitely gonna so, do the trick where like the ventriloquist is going while he's drinking water. Oh yeah, yeah. No, he practiced. He practiced all night long. Um, and, and he's 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 very confident because clearly he's practicing in the open. He wants people to know that he is a ventriloquist. I need everybody to know I own and can utilize a ventriloquist dummy. <laughs> so picture this. <laughs> Y'all ready for this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining him saying "Y'all ready for this," but like he's doing it in the ventriloquist, and the ventriloquist, the dummies, like saying "Y'all." Uh, all right, I just had to, I just had to get that out there because it was it was really I was good. not ready for it. Yeah, <laughs> you're not ready for this. <laughs> I'm not. I was not ready for this. How many people went home with nightmares that night? Like... <laughs> But it, but Frank, it's a cabaret, so like, 
ventriloquist fits right in, right alongside the interpretive dance about panthers getting hunted. So, so like, like, and you kind of hear in the rehearsal scene, but like the panther, like, oh man, it was torture. The music is just. I think speaking about rap song. <laughs> The, the thing I was doing. Oh. <laughs> I was like, that does not sound like the song I remember. It's like no, we're, the... we're talking about the, the interpretive dance song, which is like ambient it's like, forest oh. noises and like, and then and, like, and like bird calls. Rhythmic, rhythmic beats and then like definitely fake bird calls like made by a human going like, <laughs> like, yeah, like that like, type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, and you just have like, and it's like, and the gongs hit and things like that at certain cues. And like Emma's just just dancing, just dancing, just fancy free. Just like doing her little thing. And her outfit is like this black on black look. She has a little tail pinned to her. She has the like those like plastic animal mouths that like y- you wore sometimes with like a little like no like cat nose and stuff like that. She also during rehearsal she was wearing like the leotard, but also over that like a pink shirt. She yeah, was, like she was very dancer mode. She she well she, I was thinking like she kind of looks like a pink lady from Greece. <laughs> that's and, also good. I was like, that's a good look. <laughs> yeah, I'm not opposed to it. Oh, and if you're trying to imagine this and you don't want to bother looking at the episode, whatever you're imagining, yes. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is about as nightmarish as you're imagining. And, ma- and I'm sorry. And I was like, and it's like set to this like forest mural background and everything the lighting is dramatic Manny Manny is dressed up like a hunter holding Caulfield basically and and she since she she twisted her ankle she's now on crutches (laughs) and and so they have this like you know dance uh, Emma's dancing with Toby um, and they're doing okay they definitely bonk heads again and but like they try to play it cool um, and then the hunter comes in, which is Manny, on, on her crutches. And one of her crutches is a gun. It's they so paint good. her crutch with, like, cardboard over it. And she just, like, holds it up and just goes, bam, 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 and, and, like, guns down one of the panthers. The funniest with thing. With her crutch gun. She said, Manny, who is a great friend in many ways, breaks character. Like, even she's laughing. <laughs> she's just kind of like, ah, this is kind of bonehead. But, so, at that point, um... You know, it's this is a middle school it's crowd. It's too long, also. It's it's too long. It's too highbrow. These are middle schoolers. They're, know your know your audience again, and so they are thinking this is the funniest shit they've seen oh, all 100%. day. And and the crowd gets 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 a uh, rowdy and starts laughing at them. They cut to Spinner, and Spinner's like, "This is just too easy." <laughs> Which is like, I think gonna be one of my top ten favorite lines of the season. <laughs> Just be like, oh man, they just serve this to me on a plate. I'm gonna make fun of them so bad for this. It's just like you're watching it. Everyone is laughing, much like we are right now. Um, and then the heavens open up, and my son Sean stands up and calls them out on their bullshit, which is great. Like he's just like, shut up. I forget exactly what he says. He says, he says, let them dance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let them dance. Let the kids dance. Um. But, like, there's also a second where Sean is just getting angrier and angrier as he's sitting there. He's doing, like, the, like, head bob left and right kind of thing. Which I feel like we're used to seeing Sean. Like, this is, like, Sean's, like, I'm mad and I'm processing this face. And it's just like, oh, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? And he just explodes at the crowd. And he puts on, like, a tough guy voice. Like, his voice gets a little bit deep. He's like, hey, shut up and let them dance. Yeah, it's very, like... (laughs) 
teacher running like lunch like lunch duty <laughs> like hey what you're doing kids like he just like calls them out and of course i'm like oh my son i love him please and then then gwyn makes an observation <laughs> so i was watching this and like so me being queer and just like having that radar always go on i look at sean and sean just like this kid's gay right <laughs> I'm sorry, I could not recreate the shock that I had when we initially had this, so I did not want to recreate it. Frank and I lose our damn mind because only a couple episodes ago where I was I going off going like, yeah, Sean, bye. Why? Because Sean likes astrology. <laughs> and then Gwyn, who has not listened to an episode of our podcast, was just, like, it's just like, yeah, yeah, Sean, he's gay, right? And we just all lose our damn minds. My Canadian bad boy who is definitely not straight. If if two people who are queer say this is not a straight character, then I think that's enough evidence to say that Sean is a member of the Degrassi LGBTQ sorry, community. He just, he's like he's got that clean look. He stands up for his friends. That's a you know, that's a gay trait. Yeah, he, straight people don't do that. <laughs> he, sorry, he, he likes <laughs> He likes dance. He just looked really gay. What <laughs> to say? He's, he's got kind. that vibe. He's kind. He he's, cares he's, about others. He's sweet and caring as a. He doesn't let his masculinity get in the way. He's gay. He still, he still has masculinity, but he, you know, he uses it for for good. Where he stands up for his his friends. He's aware of the space that he occupies. He is. These are all. These are all very gay traits. It's true. They're, oh my god! Him, Emma and him had a first date. And it was amazing. It was great. It was because great. Oh, they're dating? Yeah. They had a date. Okay. Actually, your sibling appeared on that episode. All right. Because we've had two siblings on here. Kirsten and Gwyn are siblings. Yes. Fun fact. Um, but yeah, no, it's like this really great little moment. Um, and then, you know, they, they complete the performance. They get through it. And, you know, at the end of the performance... Emma, like, you know, Toby's like, aw, yeah, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get, like, something out of this, and Manny's totally calling him out on it, because the girls in Degrassi hide their, hide crushes, romantic feelings, any of that stuff, they don't, they don't hide it at all, they will just call it out constantly, and Manny is no different with this, and she's just like, like, she's just calling out Toby on his, on his antics, Emma comes in and is like, oh, yeah, like, thank you so much. And then you see Sean swooping in in the left-hand corner of the screen. and Just leaving. Yeah. Well, he's just leaving. He's not, he's not doing anything special. He's no, walking. no. He's swooping because that's just how he moves. Like, okay. He's just, like, going in. And then she's just like, um, hold on a second. <laughs> and yooms to him and kisses him on the cheek. And I was very endeared by this moment. I... I've already talked about how I like their dynamic a lot. So I had no idea they were dating. And I was just like, okay, Toby, you know, he's a middle school boy. He's trying to be opportunistic, whatever. But he, I'm assuming he knows they're dating. Yeah, somebody points that out to him. Yeah. JT says, she has a boyfriend. Oh, I, I missed that, clearly. It's fine. We I... don't always listen to JT when he speaks. No, I don't, oh, clearly. I do not like JT. So I said before, I don't have an opinion on these two. And I have an opinion now on Toby. Yeah, yeah, so, like, that's, that's, yeah, so, he's, like, hmm, but, um, yeah, so, 
But he, Emma's he super... gets shut down. Oh yeah, like he's he's like thinking, oh yeah, this is my big moment, and she's just like, uh, sorry, I gotta go and and talk to her boyfriend. Has the emotional beats of like that scene in Hunchback of Notre Dame, where Quasimodo's watching Esmeralda and Phoebus like making out, and he just dramatically <laughs> rips up the heart <laughs> <knees>. <laughs> Is it, well, my, my thing was just like, yeah, Toby's just staring to the face of true integrity. Right? Like, it's just, and I mean, what? Don't, don't equate this to Quasimodo. Like, no, he's, no, he's that's a, a very he's a different. Good, he's a good boy. I'm, it's a very different situation. He's still jealous, but he's a good boy. I don't think Toby's a good boy. Womp. But like, it, and, but like, there is something to be said about that. And, and it is an important message when you think about it, which is, once again, Toby, you can do good stuff, but that doesn't mean you're going to get the girl. Like, that doesn't happen. You don't get to do a bunch of good deeds, and suddenly that means the girl likes you, especially when she has a genuine interest and a genuine relationship with somebody else. And it's just, like... Yeah, no, you you said it all. I don't... I have nothing to add. Yeah, yeah. But, like, there's just a lot of cringeworthy moments, but... But, like, there is a good message in it at the end of it all, and thank God Sean stands up for Emma in the middle of it and gave me a brief reprieve. (laughs) Thank God he ended that. He's a hero. He truly is. (laughs) He truly is a Canadian hero, really. I think we found the episode title. He truly is. Sean, the Canadian hero, is, is in the episode for two scenes. Yeah. A Canadian hero. That's how Paige and Sean are, though. Like, they grace the present. Like, we, we are thankful for these crumbs that we get sometimes. Like, Paige once had a line that was, like, talking about how she could speak French really well. And it was, like, the highlight of that episode. <laughs> the, the, um, well, Sean, like, Emma, after her experience, um, you know, having a period and not having a pad on her, mm-hmm. she's, like, she wanted, she started a petition to get um, tampon dispensers in the bathrooms. And, like, she's, like, oh, he, like, Sean, here, sign my petition. It's for tampons. And Sean just says, oh, well, if, it, if it's Emma's idea, it must be a good idea. And there's, just like, two moments where I'm like, I love these characters. They're the best. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, what's that melting out of my, like, through my chest? Oh, it's my heart. I love them. <laughs> I truly love them. Anyway, so, Frank, what would you rate this episode? Um, S. Ooh. Yes, going oh. above and beyond. Oh. Yeah, it's it's a very lighthearted episode ultimately, like considering that the show does have moments where it does get dark. Like straight up, it gets dark sometimes on Degrassi. For a very it's a well executed, lighthearted episode. Um, and it's a very fun, relatable one. If you have been ever tried to form a band with your friends, it definitely will hit a lot of those emotional beats. Um, and it's just a very fun time like you come out of it and you're like wow i do not regret that i sat here for 22 minutes watching this i'm gonna date this episode but i was editing um rumors or reputations the other day and just the way that one ends where like there's still a bunch of stuff where i'm like nothing about this was good like a lot of about this was not great like and now this one i'm just like this was really good because everybody just it showcases like this is not a great behavior this is a better behavior. Um, and it's just like, and everybody kind of turns out okay. And I was really happy for that. I was like, there's no real misgivings I have about the ending to this. It's not like, like I'm still worried about that thing or that thing, or that's going to come up later, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just like, oh, cool. I'm happy with this. I had a good time. I was really surprised, though, that our um, 
our Pop Team Epic, our superstar duo, did not write this episode. Really? Susan Nielsen and, um, I forget what the other one's name is. The other, the other amazing author's name. Who wrote this episode? James Hurst and Aaron Martin. Huh. Though it was directed by a woman. Okay. So. Okay. That tracks, though. Like, it was clearly directed by a woman. Yeah. I mean it in a great yeah, way. No, no, yeah. Because, you know, it gets at, gets out, get at little subtle girl issues. Yep. And it yep. was, it was very good. Small conflicts, but they're very real and, and they're very important when you're in middle school. Absolutely. Um, so let's go to character rankings. Now, obviously, Gwendolyn, your character <laughs> rankings are weird because I don't really know how much you actually retained when you've watched me watch Degrassi. So. Oh, I don't know any of this season. I don't know any of these characters. This okay. Is, this, is the, this is the only time I'm exposed to these characters. That's a good point. Okay, so your your rankings will be fresh, Frank. You are percol- percolating after quite a few episodes, but let's kind of hear where your characters... Wait, should we do mine first so I don't have an opinion? Sure, go for I it. I think that might be better. Okay. So... So how do we do? It? Do we do like do like a list? Is that what I'm doing? It's most. It's like a stock market where you're like, oh, this character is rising, this character is falling. I I, generally... I can't give that. I have okay. no, I have okay. no frame Sorry. of reference. I, um, I generally think of it as like a um, line graph axis. So yeah. Like, you know, one of those things, and then people are either rising or falling like that. So say like characters you think are tops, characters you think are not. Characters you think I thought you were going to say bottoms, Donnie, I and I was like, saying, I'm like, please don't say that. I caught myself because I work with children, and I know how not to do that. All right, so so I'll just I'll just do it briefly. So my my highlights are, are clearly clearly Paige for just being unapologetically selfish, but still trying to do good. And I I don't understand her, but I love her. Um, I I really 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 like Terry um I really appreciate as a character I thought she had a lot of good development in this episode and and I, I want to get to know her um if I was watching the series <laughs> but uh after after that um names the the not Ashley. gay one Ashley no I mean I don't want to talk about Ash okay no oh. no the, the boyfriend Sean there we go Sean. Sean I love Sean I don't know much about him but he's great um, he's just it, a fan favorite he, on he's this just, podcast. He's, he's my beautiful boy. Um, yeah. and, and and Emma seems pretty cool too. She's weird. I love weird. Um, Ashley, I guess I don't know. I'm very, I'm very. I don't have an opinion either way for her. Um, Toby is on my my shit list from this episode, and his friend um, JT. seems JT. I don't know. Typical middle school scum. <laughs> yep. That's that's about my opinions. Yep. Are there any more characters? I mean those I were the some? heavy hitters. Snake. Yes. Yeah, snake. 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 <laughs> uh, Are you spitting with snake? That's the answer to the question every time we have a guest now. I am spitting with snake. Oh <laughs> Yo He seems like a, he seems like a good teacher. Yeah, he's pretty yeah. good. He's enthusiastic, yeah. cares about Actually, I don't know if he cares about his students. I haven't seen him actually teach. I just saw him interact with, with the kids. But he, he... snake smitten with snake smitten with snake. That's all I can say. <laughs> um, I think those are kind of the heavy hitters for the episode. Um, how do you feel about gender fluid icon Liberty Van Zant? I I love this character. I don't know anything about this character, but but good. 
Yes, excellent. A plus. <laughs> nice, excellent. What about Spinner? Uh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he's 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 a dumb jock. I'm sorry, that's what he is. He's not he's even a, a jock. Guy. Yeah, he's hardly a jock. He, he's not. Oh, well, so he's he's, he's like a he's wannabe like, dumb jock. He's he's like so it's he's like just dumb. It's like the worst case scenario where he's just like the scorekeeper of the basketball team. Oh, honey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, you have Sean, who's like, "Why am I on this team? Why did I make it through the tryout?" It's like, "Cause Oof. you're good, Sean." He's like, "I don't want to be here." <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> so Frank, your rankings. Okay, um Sean and Paige clearly just blasting through the roof, just continuing their ascent into the heavens. Um Toby and JT I mean Toby's Toby know where he is at the bottom. Like JT on the other hand, I was just like JT, I like the fact that you're making fun of Toby in this situation. I don't like the content of you making fun of him. Why can't you just make fun of him be- for being a white knight asshole? Right. Because uh, he's, t- he's a middle school scum, as Gwyn said. <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're hanging out at the bottom, holding hands, whatever. Um, Ashley... Ashley's going a bit lower, because, like, Ashley just seemed really mean this episode. <laughs> Though, actually, she, I was happy she did let Liberty Van Zant do the announcement for the cabaret. That's oh. true. That was giving Liberty autonomy. Wow. How magnanimous <laughs> of Ashley. That was a plot point. Okay. Um, Snake just also, like, climbing that ladder. Like, getting up and getting up there. I was like, oh my god, he's such a dork. It's amazing. <laughs> it was very endearing. Um, Spinner also going up a few rungs for that sick burn. I mean, like, whew. Um, Emma, yeah, she followed her vision. I can appreciate that, so she's rising up a little bit higher. Um, Manny. Oh, Gwyn, did you didn't give a ranking for Manny? I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't very really much. see much from her. I, That's fair. You saw her beef it. That was kind to, of hint. Tommy Gun Crutch, you go, girl. I, that's <laughs> all I got. Anyway, Frank. Um, like, so, I love... I, I'm just really just getting a strong affection for Manny over the last, like, because Manny is I always there for Emma, and mm-hmm. I just love that about her. She's like, yeah, I busted my ankle real bad, and I, I know that pain, I busted my ankle a few times, but she's like, I'm still gonna come through for you on this, um, and, like, even being this dumb interpretive dance, and she, like, just also looked adorable in the oversized hunting gear. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, she's actually rising a bit higher than Emma this week. Um, Libby Van Zandt. Just, oh, man, I wish I could wear that tux all the time. Because it's just so her. good. The minute I saw her, like, in that tux, I was like, oh, my God, this is so delightful. She's so good. She's so good. Um, Terry, uh, for being on that hustle with, like, Paige, you're rising up a bunch. Um... I would love to see that continue where, t- like, Paige just teaches Terry the skill, the grift, and that's how Terry also wins, like, respect from everybody else. Just by, like, e- getting even better at the hustle than Paige's. I'm telling you, it's Degrassi leverage coming at you. So, Degrassi leverage, make your character, um, parallels. Yeah, oh, my- Which, which is Paige. Oh, Paige is clearly, um, what's her name? Sophie. Maybe. Well, she's the grifter. 
Yeah, I guess I guess she would have to be. Yeah, okay. Um, so I guess I guess Manny with her, her sick flips has to be. I don't remember anybody's name, but uh, the blonde girl from from Leverage. Uh, Parker. Parker. Yeah. So Manny's Parker. Sick flips. Sick flips. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, let's. Who else though? It's been so long since I've watched. Oh Leverage. my god. Everybody watch Leverage. It's very fun. <laughs> anyway. Is that it? Uh, yeah, I mean, for an, I think I think what worked really well with this episode was that you didn't see every single character, and it worked because you got good development for the characters that were featured. You you see, I think you do see every character, but like Jimmy doesn't have any lines. Liberty no. Vincent has like two lines. Yeah, yeah, which I mean, that's a conversation for another day. But like, it is kind of fun to see it be focused oh. on. I just realized what you meant when you said yeah. that. Like. Oh no. <laughs> Rossi. It goes there. Except for when it's race. It doesn't. Mm. Um, but um, that's a conversation for another day because we'll get to more racist episodes very shortly. But um, yeah, no, I think it, it, it was a really good way to spotlight certain characters. And yes, it was still an ensemble piece, but I think it gave appropriate amounts of time for character development for certain characters. Um, but let's go to recommendations. So obviously this is where we recommend things that either remind us of or just something we're enjoying um, if you are interested. So I figured because the A plot is all about girls starting a band and doing music together, um, check out Gem and the Holograms, the comic run done by IDW, um, which is really, really, really fun. Um, I really love a lot of the plot points in it. I love the character designs. Um, Sophie Campbell does um, a significant amount of the run, which is really fun. Her art is absolutely delightful. Um, and there's some really good diversity in it. And it's just a really, really fun time. Um, and if you're interested in watching girls in bands and girls who fall in love with each other when they're rival bands, then this is definitely the title for you to check out. Um, so if you haven't looked at that yet, definitely try and pick up um, a trade paperback at your, your local comic book store. Um, because it is definitely a fun time. So I was told this was already recommended on the show, but I just feel like it's a really good fit for this episode. Um, the book by Vicky Apertali, Leah on the Offbeat, which if you are familiar with her works, um, <clears throat> her debut novel was Simon vs. the Homo Sapien Agenda, which was made into the movie Love, Simon. Um, it was great. But this, this, this book follows a character from that story, Leah, um, which is Simon's best friend. And, and, and her, uh, her, her sexuality journey, essentially, um, realizing she is bi and, 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 and high school shenanigans with that. But why, why I'm bringing this up is because, um, she is, she's fat and this episode dealt minorly with, with, with body image. And this book does a really good job of, of showing a character who is very, She's fat. She's definitely fat, but she but she owns it, and she's she is empowered by her body image, and doesn't take shit for it. Furthermore, she's also a drummer, which is pretty cool, and she's in a band with her friends, and there's a lot of band drama and stuff like that. And then you know, just reminded me of this episode with the the drama between friends in 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 maintaining a a school band. And if you haven't, if you, you know, maybe you saw the movie Love, Simon and want to just jump into Leah on the offbeat, which is totally fair game, and I think that's what you did, That's Quinn. what I did. Yeah, I didn't read the book. Um, 
it's it's still great. Uh, Simon vs. the Homo Sapiens Agenda. Definitely read it, but you don't need to have read it to read mm-hmm. Leah on the OFP. It's true, but I will say that you do get some of the moments of banned stuff in the book version as well. So if mm-hmm. you are interested in it and you want to see Leah's growth as a musician in many ways, definitely read the first book first, then check out Leah on the Offbeat. Um, she's a great character, um, an absolutely delightful YA voice, and I also think Becky Albertalli. Yeah, I think Becky Albertalli is like one of the one of the best in the contemporary YA game right now. All right, um, I'm going to recommend uh, the only pirate at the party, the Lindsay Sterling uh, memoir. Um, because that actually also has a talent show in it and body issues. Um, and it's just, I don't know, like, I feel like if you're somebody who's doing something creative that's, like, not, I guess this is more of a recommendation based off of Emma than, like, Paige and Terry, because you're doing something that not quite everybody understands. It's very inspiring to, like, suppose, like, keep going, you'll find your audience eventually. And, you know, things will eventually work out. So, yeah. I read that all yesterday while I was waiting for my tires to get fixed. Are so. they fixed? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> you did drive here, so I guess I guess they had to, but... Yeah. <laughs> so, anything else? Um, yeah, so... Gwyn, are there any social media options if people want to hear more of your hot takes? No, don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know this was trust was coming. I mean, if you want to, I guess, but... Um... Do I have no? I'm no, you don't have to. I, it's fine. You know what? I'm here for one episode. So far, I, I I am engaged to the the host or one of the hosts of this show. So you'll be able to find me if if you really want to. I don't see why, but if you really want to, <laughs> you want to prom- you could promote the trans. Oh, F, I mean, I guess so. Uh, back in back in June, we did a a panel at uh, an anime convention, Anime Next in New Jersey, um, <clears throat> called. Uh, Beyond Wandering Sun, Transgender Representation in Anime and Manga. And so I, I, host a, I host a Twitter that is just giving, it's, it's I think, trans, I think it's just trans underscore manga is, is the Twitter name. Um, and it, it, it hosts a recommendation list uh, annotated with content warnings for representation if you're looking for trans representation in anime and or manga or, or like uh, non-Western video game kind of stuff. So check it out if that's something that you're interested in. Um, Gwen put a lot of time into that annotated list, especially. So <laughs> if you are somebody who is interested in anime and manga and you're not really sure where to start with regards toward transgender representation, it's definitely there. A lot of these are either accessible or in the process of becoming accessible in the Western market. So definitely check that out if that's something you're interested in. Um, if you want to keep in touch with us um, or perhaps you're interested in co-hosting, and being in Gwyn's wonderful seat guarded by all of our anime figures, uh, please email us at ihopepod at gmail.com. Um, you don't have to give a full resume, but give us kind of like a vague idea of some of your credentials, um, what episode or arc or character you would like to kind of have the episode be the focus of, um, and be sure to um, give us an idea of when you would be able to be available. Um, we are wrapping up season one. However, um, season two has a lot of characters that are fan favorites that are getting introduced season three as well. So if you are interested at all, those are a lot of the golden age, I think, 
characters that a lot of people are attached to so definitely get in touch with us if you want to get in touch with us with other ways that are not email um you can tweet us at i hope pod you can also check us out on tumblr at i hope pod um and you can also join us on facebook where i hope i can make it through a podcast um feel free to join the group um and start some conversations of course if you are interested you don't want to co-host but you still want to give us um a sound bite or a um a statement about how an episode impacted you please don't hesitate to email us um we'll either play the recording or frank or myself or both will read the statement um other than that if you want to contact me individually you can find me on twitter at dm is unbreakable um and feel free to see all the weird writing shenanigans that i'm up to or you could just at me about my hot degrassi takes that i can't always make the cut because i will spoil everything for frank um (laughs) i'm at stuck dancing on twitter it's mostly just cute animals um i also have another podcast with my sister called teen girl talk where we talk about just a whole bunch of teen media books movies and tv shows um so yeah so anyway well we hope we can make it through (laughs) and we hope that you'll be there with us um thank you so much for joining us and we will see you next week bye 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 Welcome, bienvenue, welcome. Fremda, étranger, stranger. Glücklich zu sehen, je suis enchanté. Happy to see you, bleib, rest, stay. Welcome, bienvenue, welcome. Cabaret, au cabaret, au cabaret